back at my file on special days, like Mother's Day, what have I preached in the past? And I found that every message that I preach probably fits under two categories or emphases. One would be encouraging mothers to take another step of faith, of praying, that kind of thing, Hannah and other messages I looked at. And then there are those messages that just um, praise mothers. Uh, One of my favorite is Mother's Heroes for Life. But then I heard a pastor say he tried one year to do something different. Instead of preaching a special message on the topic, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, he would... um, be wherever he was in scripture and apply that to that special occasion. So I'm going to step out by faith today and try this. I have to tell you I'm a little more uh, fearful this morning than uh, maybe normally. Um, And the verse that we're going to share is not going to seem very motherly. But if you'll stick with me this morning, I I hope that I can make things clear. uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. You're probably familiar with it. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want us to think this morning about that word, condemnation. You say, that's again, that's not very motherly focused. I think you'll see that it is, particularly because notice what it says there is, what? No condemnation. It doesn't say there's, there's less condemnation. It says there is no condemnation. And the message fits into two main points, if you like outlining. Uh, the first is understanding what God is saying by no condemnation. And secondly is the application. The other thing that's always hard about preaching on a Mother's Day or Father's Day is how not to ignore everybody else. So I hope this morning to be able to help you see how important this verse is and maybe we can make application that will help each of us this morning. That word condemnation or condemn literally means a judicial adverse sentence of guilt. A judicial adverse sentence of guilt. If you think about our judicial system in the United States, if someone is going to be put in prison, they say he is sentenced to life in prison or he's sentenced to 10 years in prison, whatever it might be. But if somebody is going to face the death penalty, they say they are condemned to death. Don't they? Isn't that the way they say it? And so what is God saying here in the midst of speaking about no condemnation. Notice that in that first verse is the word therefore, which always connects us to what came before. So what came before is Romans 7. You say, duh. Yeah, that's right. Romans 7. And you remember a few years back, we memorized Romans 6, 7, and 8. And so in Romans chapter 7, we see a chapter about law and grace. We see a chapter about a young apostle named Paul 
who is terribly challenged by his life in Christ and the sin that he wants to not do but ends up doing and the good that he wants to do that he ends up not doing. You know the passage. We've looked at it many a time. I'm not going to go over that this morning other than to say in chapter 7, 1 through 3, Paul is talking about through the inspiration of the Spirit, dead to the law, dead to the law. And in verse 4, it emphasizes in chapter 7, verse 4, it emphasizes, you notice it there, wherefore my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We need death. We all need death. But ultimately the death that Paul is realizing here is the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the one that took the condemnation of sin so that you and I could enjoy Romans 8, 1 and say what? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. He goes on to explain that um, that old sin nature needs to be replaced with a relationship with God only through Jesus Christ. And I want us this morning to understand that this truth in Romans 8.1 is maybe the most amazing truth you will find in the Word of God. And the reason is we all deserve condemnation, don't we, for our sinfulness? I know we don't like to always talk about that, but it's, it's reality. It is the truth. We are sinners, born that way, raised that way, and even after new life in Christ, we struggle, as Paul did there in Romans 7, with that very struggle about our sin nature. So I want us to understand, in fact, I should cap it off by saying you remember that famous verse um, at the end of chapter 7, O wretched man that I am, verse 24, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Notice verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He's answering the question, um, who shall deliver me from condemnation? What's the answer? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And so, because of that, we understand the importance of living in Christ Jesus. Have you thought about that phrase, in Christ Jesus? I thought about how to maybe convey that to you. And um, the Bible says, as many as received him, Jesus, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. But here we are today, we're sitting in here, I think it's still probably raining outside, it's a bit chilly and cold, if you know what I mean, and um, you know, some could be standing right outside. They could be near our auditorium, but not in. 
There are times when we have workmen that come and they work on the roof. They're on the building, but they're not in the building. But you realize when you're in this building, you have a measure of safety. We have a measure of fellowship. About the only thing you can fellowship out there with is the turkeys that roam the place. Um, I got a kick the other day. Our men will tell you, we have an early morning prayer meeting. And on Sunday morning, 6 a.m., we got done praying. And there were, how many, Patrick? Was there two? Two big old turkeys standing at the window right out here, kind of pecking on the glass like, I thought, what spiritual turkeys we have. Uh, they want to come into prayer meeting, you know. But, um, but you get the point. Are you in Christ Jesus today? I'm not asking if you know about him. I'm not asking if you've heard all your life because you've gone to church. And I'm only using the in as an example of a, a building here. But this is in Christ Jesus, a special union, a relationship, acknowledging that you're a sinner, acknowledging that there's nothing because of your sin nature that you can do to earn or work your way to heaven. Because that's the qualifier in chapter 8, verse 1. It's not, there is therefore now no condemnation to everybody who's born on the planet. That is not what the verse says. There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, our human nature that we God at birth, that sin nature, Jesus Christ has stamped a big no condemnation because of that. Do you realize that? Do you realize that when we sin, Jesus stands before God the Father and says, Father, that Bob Francine down there that sinned again, I want you to know he's a child of mine. I'll take his condemnation. I've already taken his condemnation. And he takes it over and over again. Aren't we grateful? Do you realize the immenseness, the enormity of what Romans 8, 1 is saying? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I believe today that we probably have most mothers in our service that are in Christ Jesus. And I'm grateful for that. So I, I want us to understand how that verse can be a blessing and a help to each mom here, each lady here, each man here, each teenager here, each child here today, if you're in Christ, how it can help you. Because one of the things that's very obvious in our world is that Satan is doing all he can to discourage us. Would you agree? Everything we see, the evil around us, the sinfulness inside of us, all have a tendency to want us to think negatively, to be discouraged, to be defeated, even be depressed. God doesn't want that, and Romans 8.1 is such a powerful passage. I like John 3.17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, it's important to understand 
how significant this no condemnation is. Who is the ultimate judge? God is the ultimate judge. He makes no unfair judgments. They're always precise, accurate, and right on. And he's the one that's saying, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, I do think it's important, though, as so many times in Scripture, to be systematic in our theology and understand the complete truth about a word like condemnation. Do you remember in John chapter 8, Jesus was ministering and there was always a group of people that wanted to catch him, trap him, um, do everything they could to destroy his ministry on earth. On that particular occasion in John chapter 8, a group of people, I think a good number of them men, brought a lady caught in adultery to Jesus. And Jesus was engaged in writing with his finger in the dirt on the ground. Didn't seem like he was very focused on what they were saying. And you remember what happened on that occasion? After they finished doing all their condemning, Jesus stood up and looked at them all. Can you imagine what, can you you picture this scene? I mean, they knew Jesus had to do something. Adultery is clearly sin, right? Jesus stands up, he looks them in the eye and he says, here's what we're going to do, my paraphrase. Any one of you here without sin, you cast the first stone. By the way, there was one person there that was without sin. His name is Jesus. Remember what they did? They were convicted and they walked away. They left. Then do you remember Jesus directed his attention to the young lady? She's guilty. And here's the balance I want us to understand about no condemnation. Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee Go and sin no more. He neither condemned her nor he condoned her sin. So the balance to this no condemnation truth is not that, oh, I can do whatever I want. And I won't be condemned because I'm a believer. That is liberty and grace that God is not intended for us to do. Grace is designed to discipline us and empower us to do what's right. To change. That's why he said, go and sin no more. That brings me to one last thought on condemnation. And this is where I think it becomes applicable to you and I today. In 1 John 3, the Bible says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. You know, As believers, I believe the greatest condemnation that we experience and feel is our own guilt, is it not? Is our own sin. Kathy shared about that Uh, even before she was a believer. There was a consciousness in her that something wasn't right here. There was something wrong. But particularly as believers, that's why many times when somebody puts their trust in Christ, 
they almost feel like they're a worse sinner than they were before. Because they've got the Holy Spirit living inside. What? Convicting and directing and helping us see how wrong we are. So that brings me to the second main point. Not only understanding what Romans 8.1 is saying, no condemnation. But applying Romans 8.1 to where you and I live. And I just made my own little list here of things that I think are applicable for mothers. And then I'll talk to the non-moms here this morning. Even though we may feel, or ladies, you may feel condemned in your heart at times. Here's what I wrote. You are not condemned because of your messy house. If God is able to take care of your sin, do you think your messy house at times ought to condemn you? What's the answer? No. It means if you got time, clean it up. Ask your husband to help you, right guys? Oh, there, okay, make sure you're with us this morning. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not trying to be funny and trite here, but I am trying to be real. I know people that feel condemned. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? Martha appeared to be very condemned by the condition of the house, and Jesus was coming. She was cumbered about what? Many things. That can be a real condemnation to us. Here's some other ones that I wrote. Don't be condemned because you're not a homeschool mom. We have a homeschool division. We consider it equally Christian education as others. But not every mom is cut out to be a homeschool mom. It is a difficult, challenging task. You understand what I'm saying? Are you with me this morning? I'm not saying any, I don't know, by the way, I didn't make my list based on people that have come to me saying, Pastor, I feel condemned. I made my list based on things that I've heard and seen and observed over the years. You're not, you're not condemned when you get angry at your kids or your husband. Doesn't mean stay angry. But there is no condemnation to them which are what? In Christ Jesus. Do you see where we're coming from? Don't be condemned when you struggle with your priorities, how to care for your husband, how to minister to your children, how to take care of your house, how to take care of your ministry, how to take care of your own self. Don't be condemned. You're not condemned when you read on a blog or a post about a Proverbs 31 mom who seems to have everything together and never has a problem in her life. You ever get struggle with those kind of comparisons? You're not condemned because your kids at times make wrong choices. You're not condemned because you as a mom with preschoolers desire to be with adults for just a few hours a day. You're not condemned because after kids uh, you don't have the same strength, the same stamina, the same everything you had before you start having children. You're not condemned when your children embarrass you in public. You ever had that happen? Pat, I was thinking about that time we were at a restaurant. I think it was Carl. And we were very young. And we're talking to them about bad habits. And we were talking about smoking. And um, we're sitting there 
Somebody came in. It was the day before. It was the time before no smoking was allowed in restaurants. They, they used to have smoking section and non-smoking. It tells you how old I am. But, but I remember Carl said, too loud. Dad, he's going to hell. He's smoking. Huh? Your kids, maybe your kids never embarrass you. I'm just telling you, we had a few occasions. If you know Carl, you understand. You're not condemned because you're not as good a cook as your mother or your mother-in-law. You're not condemned because you have had an abortion. What does it say? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. What a promise. Do you see the enormity? That is not a license to sin. That is a gracious, loving God saying, I know what you're made of. I know what you're like. I know what your problems are. I know where you have besetting sins. But I love you and I care about it. That's why I sent Jesus. You're not condemned because in the hecticness of life you miss the day of devotion. Maybe you could make your own list today. Are you experiencing any of that guilt and feeling? Doesn't mean we shouldn't confess sin. We understand 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. But what a promise that Romans gives every single one of us. I would venture a guess that every one of us probably knows some Christian who feels utterly defeated and discouraged because of maybe some wrong choice that was made. Maybe it's small like some of the things on my list or maybe it's a bigger deal. I don't know. Where are all the non-moms out there? Would you raise your hand if you're a non-mom? Come on, men, raise your hand. Okay. I didn't want to leave you out. I didn't want to leave you out. This is good news, isn't it? This is great news, what Romans 8, 1 is saying. Hey, hey, non-moms, you're not condemned because you don't treat your mom as you should consistently. And I would say to you young people or anybody that has moms still alive, while you can, do all you can. You're not condemned because you miss getting her a Mother's Day card and gift. It's only going to be new when you got out here. You get time. Go get it. You're not condemned because you don't say you love her as often as you should. You aren't condemned because you're not as helpful at home as you could be. And yet you know what God would say to us today? If you can change those things, do it. Don't do it tomorrow. You know what Satan loves? Satan loves promises based on tomorrow. Because many times they don't happen. Let's deal with things today. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line according to Romans 8.1. Be in Christ. Be in Christ Jesus. I want you to know this morning 
that if you're not genuinely in Christ, that today we would love to open a Bible privately and show you how you can leave this place being in Christ Jesus. It's not by works. What was our passage about? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If we work, we expect a wage. If somebody loves us, we enjoy gifts. That's what God is saying. He loves you. He's given the greatest gift ever, his only son, Jesus. And he wants you to receive him by faith. By faith today. But did you notice, and I didn't say a lot about this, but let me finish with this. It says, who, if you're in Christ, there ought to be a desire to walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Aren't you grateful today that if you're feeling any condemnation, any guilt over something in your life, that God is declaring you as a believer not condemned, but he's given you a Holy Spirit to change whatever that is. I remind you that there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you were able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. That's another great promise, a way of escape. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit this morning? Has the Holy Spirit said to you, you know, there are some things I should be changing, maybe as a mom, maybe as a non-mom today. Those are my challenges to you. Because by walking in the Spirit, our actions, our words, our thoughts, our attitudes can become pleasing to God and a blessing to others. I pretty much knew what Kathy was going to share today. I even emailed her and I said, I don't tell guests what to say but would you share your testimony? Thank you for doing that. Powerful, isn't it? Powerful testimony. There's no condemnation. She's in Christ Jesus. And now she's working 30,000 just in the greater area here from Rachel House, right? Wow. Wow. Don't think God can't change lives. Don't think what Jesus has done for us can't make a difference. I want to finish by reminding you that this is a lot more than putting money in the bottle. They need volunteers. They need guy volunteers, lady volunteers to be willing to be there and to minister and to serve. We've got a Rachel house within less than a mile from our place right here, just on Vivian Road there doing a great work every single day. Because you know what? There are a lot of people under great condemnation. All you have to do is look at the statistics about suicides in America. 
addiction in America. And the list goes on and on and on. How about it today? Are you in Christ? I'm talking to teenagers. I'm talking to adults here. Are you genuinely in Christ? Don't sit and you don't look to me like I'm going to determine it. I'm not the judge. But God knows right now. And you know right now if you've really put your trust and faith in what Jesus Christ has done. And my second question is, as a believer, if you're experiencing any of that guilt or condemnation that we all struggle with, accept what Romans 8.1 says, and by the Spirit of God, if you can make changes, make changes today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me?